I, as my mission, want more women to really know that they have the power to live an intentional life. They have the power to change things around. If they don't like something, there is a solution out there and there's ways to overcome barriers. I mean, we know as health coaches, this is 100% true. Yep. And so I want people to understand and know that they have this power. And they also have the power to influence their families and communities with their joy, with their their pleasure, and with their just living their most happy life. We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. The industry is lacking the honest experience and grit required to overcome the struggle. And we're here to fill that gap. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. Welcome back to Ivy Unleashed. You are here with Brooke Andrea and a very special guest who just took us through the most interesting practice. She rocked my world. (laughs) Today we have Cynthia Shockley here. Welcome to Ivy Unleashed, first of all. Thank you. Glad to be here. You are just a being. What we just did (laughs) was called what, Cynthia? So I call it just sensual movement. Mm -hmm. Um, I was trained as a pole dance instructor, but most of my healing experience came from the floor movement. And so we called it floor work, but no one's going to get it if I say floor work. So (laughs) sensual movement it is. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, she walked us through this practice of really just playing, right? Getting back to that that inner child of play, but also that feminine energy, just whipping the hair, humping the air, humping the air, rubbing your hands up and down your legs, slow, fluid, you know, sexy mm, movements. Mm. Andrew and I, we are all about trying, exploring new things. And today we marked that box. <laughs> so thank you, Cynthia. Yeah. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. There's so, even, there's like even a twerk session in there, which mm-hmm. we got to do some work. Cynthia's twerk skills are on point. And I'm just living proof that you don't need a big booty to twerk. Yeah, it's so true. So explain how you got into this. Take us back (laughs) to where this became. On this journey. Um, So I was always a dancer uh, growing up. And so that was just an avenue where I felt effective and powerful. And at one point, life was kind of in shambles. It was just... My dad was sick and I was trying to figure out, you know, how to take care of myself. And so I kind of leaned on dance and the only dance studio that was near me at the time, because I had moved to California to stay with my relatives and there was a pole studio like five minutes away. And so there was a Groupon and I was like, (laughs) let's go try it out. And as soon as I walked into that room, it's just like dark and just candlelit and all these women from all these different walks of life, all different ages, all different body sizes, all in their underwear. And we... <laughs> Did you know to come in your underwear? No, I didn't. What? I was wearing my like j- like jazz pants and I brought my jazz shoes. They're like, no, honey, you don't need that. <laughs> and so we, we started the class and thankfully I had um, Kelly Wensley. She was 
the teacher and she is such a soul and she was able to just like make me feel at ease and let me know you know if you feel uncomfortable you feel uncomfortable that's like how people start and just try to like let yourself lose yourself you know just Mm -hmm. try to just go with it until you feel comfortable and it was so amazing how I was able to just like she said, like lose yourself in the music and in her guidance. And I had never moved in this fluid way, never touched myself in front of other people in that way. And Mm -hmm. it was amazing because at Unveiled Fitness where I was, um, unfortunately they closed during COVID, but they had this amazing format where it was an hour of just moving and guided movement. They called it a warm up, but it was like Mm -hmm. half of the class. And then 30 minutes of pole dance and then 30 minutes of freestyle dance. And I'd never done free dance that wasn't technical. Like I did Mm -hmm. like, you know, pirouettes and leaps and things like that, but never just like about feeling because most of my life dancing was about performing. Right. It wasn't wasn't about how I feel. So um, that was a new experience for me. And I just absolutely loved it. It's the space where I felt like I owned my body. It's the space where I felt like I could just be who I am. And all these other women were there to celebrate me in my skivvies and <laughs> and to like just call me beautiful without any like need for, I guess, you know, there was no like exchange of, oh, like I'm expected to do anything or I don't know. It was just like a magical space. And so I wanted to recreate that with my clients now that I have a business and just have that as an option to work with clients. And I've been able to thankfully do that work in various formats throughout the years. Yeah. I love just the idea of movement and really honing into that feeling, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's how dance should be. And I grew up a dancer as well. And so did Andrea. And it, it wasn't about that, right? It's about the choreography. It's about the technique, the form. Oh, it's yeah. hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. And, and now as we get older, you know, we're doing more yoga, more even just like hip hop dance classes. And it's all about just getting lost in the movement. And that's what I love most about dance. And so I love that you add that piece to the femininity of it, mm. the sensuality, the celebrating being a woman, you know, Talk us through what that was like for you, how to, you know, we grow up and it's all about being a woman and don't wear that, don't do this. And now you're in the space where like, no, I'm going to whip my hair. I'm going to touch myself. (laughs) I'm going to celebrate. So what was that like? Kind of this unveiling of getting back to that feminine power. Mm hmm. Uh, Let me tell you, I couldn't have done it without community. Mm -hmm. So that was major to be in a room full of other women who had walked that journey and who, you know, validated my fears and validated my feelings of, you know, inferiority or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then being able to also support the vision for something different. Um, Because, yeah, just like any woman alive, like we go through so much in this patriarchal society about like, oh, you belong to your dad, then he hands you off to your husband Mm -hmm. and, you know, people fetishize you. They, you know, there's just so much about like the male gaze and then also having to, you know, don't sway your hips like that. Right. And so that journey, it, it took a while, but it was so helpful in that community. And I feel like it was very isolated in that community where it was just, there's my safe space. And it took a while for it to kind of seep out into other areas of my life. And I'm just, yeah, very grateful. It's not 
it's not easy. And still it comes up. Like, of course, I still think sometimes like look in the mirror and judge my body or, you know, it comes up, but at least now I have enough of that connection to that inner wisdom that that's, that's just thoughts that Mm -hmm. have been planted in my head Mm -hmm. and it's not the truth. So I'm just grateful that I have that mindset shift now. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that it was a a tool for healing. Mm -hmm. So how did this become a tool of healing for you? Yeah. Um, so I mentioned, you know, just expectations of society, right. Telling you this, you have to be sexy, but also not sexy in certain ways. Growing up, I experienced a lot of racism. Um, I was the first Asian in my neighborhood in second grade. Like we moved to like a nicer neighborhood in the suburbs of Chicago. People called me the evil Chinese girl Mm -hmm. and they just like teachers assumed I didn't know English and put me in ESL classes. And it was just like a lot of that. And then growing up in that neighborhood, it got more diversified, but like I would hear things and my friends would get giddy. They're like, oh my gosh, he said that you're like good looking for an Asian. And that was a compliment, you know? And then, so always feeling like I'm undesirable to males, but then there was this weird flip around in high school where all of a sudden Asians are being highly fetishized and uh, especially that Austin Powers movie with Fook You and Fook Me. Mm. It was (laughs) uh, lots of jokes there and assumptions there. And, you know, in high school, I had my first sexual assault experience and it became very widely known and I was just called a slut and this and that. And because people didn't know I didn't want it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, people will make up their own stories. So I feel like that whole journey and, you know, I've experienced sexual assault in other ways many more times after that. And it taught me that I don't own my body. Mm-hmm. So when I was in this room with these women who didn't see me as more than just who I am at my heart and soul, They didn't care about the labels. They didn't care what I did outside that room. I'm just a human being. And we were able to move together, breathe together, and just celebrate the sensuality, be able to feel safe as I touch my own body and to feel that ownership. That was a huge part of my healing process. And so, yeah, that's... That's where I am now. I'm just super excited I could share it with more people. That's beautiful how you've had all of these negative experiences and then it's, it's came to this point where you are, you can tell you're confident in your body and you're proud of it. And you are such a sexy being like, I was supposed to be doing what I'm doing. I'm just staring at you watching you because I'm like, I want to move. I want to be able to be that flexible. It's incredible. Yes. We never know that you've been through such tough experiences and I'm so sorry you had to go through all of that. And you know, reflecting back, it's, I think, important to think, what are girls now experiencing? You know, I have two daughters and my oldest right now is very like sensual in her movement. She's thrusting her hips. She throws her hips each way. She's twerking. She's popping. She's doing all of these (laughs) things. And my husband and I are like, is this okay? Like, is she going to get in trouble if she goes to school? Or it's like, do we just let her? just express her body this way because you can tell she is full of joy and like Mm -hmm. laughing and smiling as she's moving and we both decided like this is natural to her 
you know, mm-hmm. like why not just let her feel good in her skin because as she gets older, who knows what's going to happen and how that's going to change, how her body's going to change. And so I'm curious how you feel about that. Like thinking about, you know, an eight year old girl twerking and popping and moving like she's moving. Like, what do you feel when you hear that? Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> and I'm so glad you and your husband came to that conclusion because yes, it is a hundred percent natural. You look at any young girl who hasn't yet been tainted by society and <laughs> you see that it's so organic for them to swirl and twirl and, and, you know, look at how girls like lay on their hip and pop. And it's just so natural. I see it in my like three-year-old niece and, <laughs> and it's just so funny how, yeah, like for some reason there's that whole power dynamic, right? Of, oh, we have to control women's bodies and control girls' bodies And so like, just, I think letting them do what's organic and natural and brings them joy is yes, like parenting win. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had parents or, you know, adults in my life who really supported that. Cause I remember when I was maybe like 10 years old, I was running around the house naked. I loved being naked. I don't know. (laughs) After, after I took my shower, my bath, I would just like air dry and run around (laughs) the house naked. And at one point I remember I was doing that and my grandma stopped me. And she's like, aren't you ashamed of yourself? Like, you're a, you're a girl. Like, you, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should cover yourself up. And I remember being so confused. And I'm like, how, how can I be ashamed of just who I am and mm-hmm. what I, the body I have? And, um, you know, and it's funny because culturally, too, in, in Korean culture, uh, adults are very blunt about your body. (laughs) And so throughout my life, a lot of comments too about, oh, you need to lose weight. Oh, your thighs are touching. Oh, your fat face got fat. It was just like very (sighs) blunt comments that just, it's like them stating a fact, but also an opinion that I very much internalize. Mm -hmm. So that's also been a big part of my journey is allowing my body to soften and not being so hard on myself that I'm not the size I was in high school and things like that. Um, so it's just, yeah, that whole radical self-love and self-acceptance has been huge. Yeah. And your tagline is know your power, live your legacy. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to dive into that. What does that mean to you? Yeah. So um, because my target demographic that I work with are moms or women planning to be moms one day, I just feel like moms tend to have this role within their family and community. They're the glue. They are the movers and shakers. They make things happen. They plan ahead. So when moms stop taking care of themselves, because they do, they're Mm -hmm. give, 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 and then they deplete themselves, it ends up having an effect on the family, on the community. And so I, as my mission, want more women to really know that they have the power to live an intentional life. They have the power to change things around. If they don't like something, there's a solution out there and there's ways to overcome barriers. I mean, we know as health coaches, this is 100% true. And so I want people to understand and know that they have this power and they also have the power to influence their families and communities with their joy, with their, their pleasure and with their just living their most happy life. And so I feel that if more women just followed their intuition and followed their desires, that this world would just be such a better place for all the children, for the next generation, (laughs) for just everyone involved. Um, You know, there's this study that women actually 
reinvest 90% of their income back into their families and communities. And yet men, it's around 35%. Wow. And so if you think about that in terms of the love you can give yourself, the, the investment you can put in yourself, that also radiates out. So 90% of what you're doing for yourself and your wellness, that's going to also be spread out to your families and communities. Ever, you know, it's selfish to putting myself first. And it's hard for me to speak because I'm not a mom, but I've seen it with the moms around me and the clients that I speak to. And it's that moment when they start filling their cup up and how much they realize that it overpours. And it's like this light bulb almost of, oh, yes, I have so much energy. I have so much joy. My kids are happier. I, I can spend more time with them and we just enjoy the time we have together. Mm. But before that, it does shake up the system, right? Yeah. So like just recently I hired Catherine, who was on episode 34 to be my health coach, which costs money mm-hmm. and it, it's a lot of time, but it's literally to transform the way my brain, like that my thought processes, my self-worth, all of these things that it was a big decision. You know, it's a financial investment. It's time. It's my husband having to make sure he's home from work or that he's got the kids for the hour and a half mm-hmm. every week, you know, but I know exactly what you're saying. It's going to create more joy in my family unit. It's going to show them it's important to prioritize your mental well-being. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is a light bulb moment, but I do think there is an uncomfortable space first of saying, can I mm-hmm. take this leap for me? Can I put myself first? Can my family dedicate this amount of money to just me? Because normally it's like, let's all go on a trip. Let's all do this together. Mm-hmm. Let's do this for the kids. And you're right. It's um, it's important. And it I definitely think shakes up the system a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really funny that you say that there's that uncomfortable space of like, can I? And that's like a perfect time for health coaches to come in and be like, yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) And so actually that's come up a lot with my own clients. And so that's why a lot of the titles of my workshops have been like permission to rest, Mm. permission to play, and just really reinforcing like you have permission to do this, to take care of yourself. Because sometimes people just need to have that permission granted to feel like, oh, okay, like, Someone else said that I can, or it sounds good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm the same way with my healing journey and with everything I'm going through right now is that permission to rest, to sleep, to actually take care of myself. And it's just being validated by someone who, it just it's different. It's having that permission, but it's also knowing that I only need permission from myself, really. Like I, it's, it's your power, taking that back, knowing that I'm in power of the choices that I make and your business, Mighty Mama Wellness. I'm curious why moms? Why do you specifically want to work with moms? Yeah. Well, choosing a niche in my business class um, at the U because I I got my master's there and and they have business class, which I'm so happy about. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was so hard to pick a niche because my whole life, I just like hate like pigeonholing myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just want to coach the world and it's okay. Everyone's welcome. But I realized just throughout my life, I've always wanted to actually work with kids. Mm -hmm. And actually I spent a year teaching yoga in person um, at a school for pre-K to second graders like every day. And so I was like, also they're like lunch person, like a helper and then like recess. And so I really got to know these kids and get to know like how to work with them. And I just realized 
the hour I have with them, maybe hour, two hours at most that I have with them per day could be the most amazing hours of their day. Mm-hmm. But then they go home to their parents and a lot of these kids, especially, um, it was a lot of refugee families mm-hmm. or single parent households. And it was just heartbreaking for me to recognize that when they come back to school the next day, what happened at home has so much more of an impact than what I was able to do with them. And that light bulb moment made me realize I want to work with parents because that's a lifetime mm-hmm. of love and support that I can't offer through like a coaching for kids or a yoga for kids. And then, you know, just recognizing too, like I said, that women reinvest 90% back into their communities. And, you know, women are typically like that, that glue, that planner. And so I was like, you know what? Moms are my people. Moms have always been my people. I taught moms when I was teaching pole dance and (laughs) a lot of my yoga students are moms. And, you know, I'm not a mom, but I know I plan on being a mom one day and it takes a village. It takes a village to raise our children. And I wanted to make sure that that village was well established through my business so that when I have my own babies, I've got the support I need to. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had you when I yes. was pregnant and having babies to have that support because there's a lot of isolating factors and it's a lot of pouring yourself into everybody else and thinking about what everybody else is thinking or what I should be doing. And if I had you at that time, it would have been wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. I think the shoulds are always like a a challenge with clients and just all the shoulds that they need to be doing and the have tos. And so it's really fun as a coach to then help them recognize that I get to Yes, what comes next. I can plan for this. I can plan for a different way and change Mm -hmm. my mindset but yeah, it's it's been such a joy to also then witness how that does affect their families and communities when they are doing their work. Absolutely. Yeah. And what I love is you have this niche of moms, but you do so many different things within your coaching. You do one-on-one coaching. You do, you know, the sensual guided movement, which is amazing, but you also do these workshops. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to dive into these workshops. Yeah. What are they? So these workshops are uh, a space for me to collaborate with other professionals in the wellness space, um, especially uh, women who want to support other women. I think that's just huge having Mm -hmm. that sisterhood. And so um, I have a lot of people I've networked with and I was like, gosh, I want to actually tap into that wisdom and partner with people. So collaboration has just been a big part of my life. And so I was like, it'll be a big part of my business. So each month I have a different workshop that's hosted by me, but then is facilitated by someone else. And um, I'm there to kind of, you know, just keep things going and do some of the marketing kind of stuff. But it's been so fun. Uh, We've had chiropractors and therapists and people coming in to talk about Um, you know, sensuality um, and just all these different things. And so I actually have a membership. So my business is kind of more of a membership based kind of thing. You can do workshops one off, but if you do a membership, it's the same price of a workshop, but you also get weekly yoga with me. You also get all the video archives of all the past workshops to watch at your leisure and uh, 21% off of like any additional things that I've got popping up here and there. So it's been 
uh, really great because we also have monthly meetings with all the members and I call it the village forum. So we all come (laughs) together to kind of catch up, see what's going on, how we can support each other, what intentions we have moving forward. So it's kind of like a little group coaching session. Yeah. And it's been so fun to follow along on social media, to watch all this amazing stuff that you're doing. And I'm not a mom and I still enjoy it. So I'm wondering (laughs) for people who are listening, who aren't moms, who are like, I want some of this. This sounds good. I need this. Do you recommend that they follow along and, and still work with you even if they're not a mom? Oh yeah. So I also work with women who plan on being moms one day mm-hmm. because also once you are a mom, it, you, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot going on. So I'm in the boat of planning to be a mom one day, but trying to establish habits and patterns that will serve me once I'm extra busy. And so I'm also very down to work with women who just want to plan ahead. Mm -hmm. And so um, actually something that's in the works is like uh, a mommy boot camp, like a mama boot camp. So we're just going to have people come in. I have an upcoming workshop with a physical therapist, Dr. Michelle Wall, who's going to talk about like the changes of your body through pregnancy Mm -hmm. and then how to like heal through that with PT and exercises. So it's going to be... Babies change your body. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I I love love it. Yeah. And then we've got another uh, workshop coming up. Actually, it'll probably be after this airs, but um, another one with Dr. Emily of NFP Pharmacy. She does natural family planning as a pharmacist, which is just a cool dynamic, Mm -hmm. Um, but she's going to be teaching us how to track our cycles and then to use the that knowledge to really plan ahead and have an empowered way to interact with your natural cycle and so i'm really excited about that (laughs) oh my gosh it's insane yeah Mm -hmm. so thinking of what we just did the sensual movement i couldn't help but feel a little uncomfortable rigid, um, giggle, cramping. I was cramping. (laughs) And I'm just curious your experience of like that point where you can start to feel more comfortable in your skin or like why, why we're so uncomfortable to move like that? Mm -hmm. Because you've been trained to feel uncomfortable to move like that. So, you know, like we said, children, you look at them and they move with such freedom. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, we're taught that's too sexy. You're sending the wrong message and you start to kind of go from this to like, Mm -hmm. like hip stay stable and don't sway. And so then when you're in a space and it's brand new again, it's, it's a reintroduction to moving freely. It feels wrong at first. Mm -hmm. It feels wrong. It feels Mm -hmm. silly. Um, like I said, when we were in our little class, I was like, laughter's very normal in the first couple of classes. Like people just don't feel the right to take themselves seriously sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so um, in, in the nervous laughter comes out and the the kind of looking around the room to see if everyone else is losing themselves in it or not. <laughs> and um, that's very, very normal, but it's just like anything else it's hard at first and it gets easier and easier. It's a practice. So this sensual movement and this way of freeing yourself from the shame, the guilt, Mm -hmm. the the shoulds, it's a lifelong practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's about creating moments throughout your life where you can interrupt that pattern and come back to yourself, come back again and again. You lose yourself a little in terms of just like falling into your roles and all the shoulds, 
But as long as you've got some of those practices like yoga, maybe central movement, maybe it's going for walks, but something that brings you back to your heart and soul, that that is going to be the practice of slowly releasing the shame, self-love, self-acceptance, practice, practice, practice. And, you know, eventually it feels natural to move <laughs> that way. It feels natural. I love it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like to think too of what it creates for you. You know, you're, you're talking about self-love and acceptance and things like that. But like, what have you noticed in your life as you've become more sensual, like day to day, like how does this positively impact your routine mm -hmm. or, or your life? Mm, yeah. So one of our collaborators, uh, Dr. Rachel Allen, she, uh, she just released a book. It's called the pleasures all yours. And she is, she's the self-proclaimed pleasure doctor <laughs> or pleasure expert. And it's so true, but she has come and done some workshops with us and she calls it bodyfulness instead of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So it's being fully in your body because so many of our experiences have taught us to detach from our body and to disidentify with it. And so I think just building up the, the bodyfulness is something that I've noticed for myself where I can be more present, where I can also ask for what I want because I value and respect myself and being able to stand up for myself, um, being able to pursue what I know I want without questioning if I deserve it. Mm -hmm. And so being able to live a life where my pleasure is a priority and it's not just sexual pleasure, but also just the pleasure of eating that cookie and of, you know, it, it just taking, taking the Saturday to, to lounge around and watch TV maybe. And, you know, it's not about what's right or wrong, but what's right for me in the moment because I trust myself mm -hmm. and I respect myself. So that's something that I've really gotten out of this. And it sounds like you're building your confidence from the inside out, like, yes. or outside in, you know, with the movement that it kind of is moving from this outer movement, whip your hair, tug on the shirt, rub your legs to like, I deserve to feel good. I deserve to live a full life. Like it's mm -hmm. so interesting because a lot of times you think like I, if I do more reflecting and I think about my internal work, then eventually I'll be more confident on the outside or care less about what I look on the outside. But this is kind of like flipping it yeah, and starting with the outside work to know that, mm. you know, this feels good and I deserve to feel good in a, a new way. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like for me, my body was my pathway to freedom. It was my way of not only knowing I own my body, but then expanding it to, I own my life. Mm -hmm. Like I can choose my life the way I want it to be. And I can love my life. And, you know, before any of this, I was actually pre-med and was actually went through the whole medical school application process, took the MCAT twice. And I was so miserable about it. I did not want it, but it was expected of me because I wanted it when I was younger and my family all supported it. And I felt this pressure to follow through with my childhood dream that was based in ego and based in glory and based in things that weren't about me, but about how to satisfy others. And so it, it was all tied together, that journey of owning my body to recognizing I own my life and being able to say no to reapplying to medical school and being able to say yes to my master's in health coaching program that I was swooning over when I found out about it like five years ago. And I was like, gosh, maybe after my MD, I'll get my master's in health coaching. <laughs> 
And it was such a cool story. I actually was learning to trust my intuition for the first time because I had such a tug at my heart Mm -hmm. to follow this path of health coaching, to empower people to heal themselves instead of feeling like I can fix everything. And it felt so right to me. And then medical school just felt so wrong for me and my personality and what I see for healthcare. And I remember I just knew I saw a Facebook live the day after I got my final rejection from med school after some waitlisting. And Karen, Dr. Karen Lawson, who was one of the co-directors of the program, she was on Facebook live and she was speaking to the camera. You have three more weeks to apply to the master's program. <laughs> and I was like, Boom, done. <laughs> I hear you, universe. And mm-hmm. I, I I applied, got in. I didn't even tell my family. I just was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to let their judgment change my mind. And so once I was already starting school, I was like, by the way, I'm not reapplying to med school. <laughs> yeah, how did that go? Um, it was hard at first. And definitely a lot of like, she's throwing her life away, all that hard work. But I recognized too that all the judgment that I was anticipating, all the rejection I was anticipating, gosh, the fear of being rejected by my family. Ooh, that was a big one. I realized that ultimately they just wanted me to be happy. And when they realized that this path I chose made me happy, that's when the qualms kind of disappeared. Cause at first they thought I was screwing myself over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now they're just like, Oh, she's doing her own thing. She's an adult. She's, she's happy. And so it's, It's been a blessing to be able to stand up for myself and choose a path that I know is right for me and then to learn that I have my family's unconditional love. And so that was that was huge. And I'm so glad that you listened to your intuition, because for anyone who's watching on YouTube, you can see the joy you're radiating (laughs) and you're so just happy. And in return, you're making us happy like you (laughs) listen to what you needed. And now Mm -hmm. others get to have that piece of you and you can help others because you helped yourself first. Mm. Just so amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so true. It's like anything else. It's literally like anything else. If you're faking, you can't fake it till you make it. Like if you Mm -hmm. are, you have this dream, even if it feels so far fetched, even if it feels so bizarre to your family or to whoever, like eventually the storm will calm. Like, yes, you're going to ruffle some feathers. Yes. People will have judgment. They have judgment no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. This is your life. Your one life. And look how you're running it now. I'm so proud of you. I hardly know you, but I'm so happy for you. It just shows like, they just want you to be happy, right? If they love you, they want you to do what's best for you. And in the moment they might not understand, but it's not theirs to understand. It's Mm -hmm. theirs to support So that unconditional love that I now feel and know with my family wasn't always there. I always used to argue with my family because I wanted to live a little more free and they had just certain expectations. And it was a very strained household. Um, My parents didn't get along very much. Um, My siblings and I kind of parted ways when we all started having our own friends. There were some feeble attempts for mandatory family dinners that never went well. And thankfully, my dad contracted encephalitis, a brain virus, and um, this was in 2010, 2011, and he was unable to make any more or make money for the family, right? He had a business. It was in multiple different states, a beauty supply store, and 
he was down and out. And so my mom, after 20 years of being a homemaker, had to become CEO of this like national company. And so I was actually in my sophomore year of college at UCLA and was, you know, living my best life, you know, trying to get the good grades, but also in my sorority and leadership positions, all of that. And then my mom reached out to me and she said, I need you to come home. Like, I need your help. And it was a heartbreaking moment where I was like, all right, like this, this, this is what's happening. This is how serious it is. So I went home and I helped her run the business for a year. And so every day we'd go to Southside Chicago and um, pick up supplies and restock and do the payroll and all of that good stuff. And throughout that process, though, I got to experience my mom in a whole new light that mother-daughter dynamic started turning into a partnership. Mm -hmm. And I gained so much respect for her. I think growing up, you know, she was a a full-time mom and I looked down on full-time moms so hard. I was like, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be some, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to make a difference. I had this like stick up my butt and (laughs) I, I thought I was so much better than her. And it, was so amazing to hear her story. We had, gosh, like three to four hours in the car every day because wow. it was a long commute to get to South Side of Chicago from the North Burbs. And it was um, just a time where we just had a tissue box in between us mm-hmm. and just spent the whole car ride crying about, you know, what her life was like, all the struggle, the self-doubt, the powerlessness, and just feeling so bad, so bad about everything she experienced. And it was just so beautiful to then see after like a year of soaking in the misery and feeling like we just got handed the worst card, you know, over the past couple of years, the past decade now, we've really learned how to take charge. And I've got to see my mom own her life in a way that she never did before. Now she's the breadwinner. My dad um, unfortunately lost some short-term memory capabilities and um, some of his filter. He has a lot of dirty jokes. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so amazing and so healing because the three of us actually lived together for a period before I went back to school. And we were able to have like nightly conversations Mm -hmm. about how grateful we are that we can actually talk now as human beings and that we have a relationship. And my dad said, you know, I thought I had to play the role of a dad a certain way based on how my dad treated me. And I know that wasn't helpful in the end. And I just should have been honest and like open with you. And my mom realized like, yeah, I, I really didn't feel like I had any power, any control, and now I do. So what am I going to do about it? And so it was just so cool to see that. And that's also a part of why I wanted to work with moms because I got to witness my own mom transform in a way that was so incredible to to witness on the sideline, to be a part of, um, to be like her active therapist throughout the process. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just so cool that I get to do the work now with other moms who might just need that partner to listen, to to remember they've got that power, that they can create their legacy. And it doesn't have to be a fancy legacy. It could just be a legacy of love, of connection, of presence. The legacy that you leave behind is just how people feel, right? Just feel when they think of you. Mm-hmm. And so 
let it be joyful, let it be loving, let it be, you know, powerful. So that's, yeah, that's beautiful. Oh and I keep gosh, thinking yes. of this cycle, right? He's acting a certain way because that's how he saw his parents act. And it's like this, it's coming down, it's coming down. And we all just want to, we don't want to disrupt the cycle because yep. like who mm-hmm. wants to be but the But then bam, guy? the universe disrupts <laughs> it and is like, <laughs> yeah, you need this. Yeah. But Shake also it sometimes yeah. it takes, it takes you saying no. I'm not going to continue this cycle anymore. I am not going to be the parent that I had. I'm going to create a new path and the path is not clear and I'm going to have to knock down some trees and it's going to be rocky and it's not going to be comfortable and I don't even know who's going to be my support system out there, but I need a new path and I'm not doing this anymore. And it sounds like your parents like recognize their patterns too with the help of you, which sounded like a really tough time to go through all of that, but so much healing and love came out of it. Oh yeah. It's, you know, the darkest of times when you have to kind of recognize and find your own light uh, instead of just feeling like, oh, lights all around. Like, nope, you got to actually create your light source and find it and, and make it shine brighter so you can see. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's beautiful. And what I keep thinking about is this tug between the mental and the physical and this healing journey, right? For you, it was getting back to your body and allowing your body to have permission to feel. And for me and my healing journey, it's really about like getting back to knowing my body and trusting my body again, that it can be this vessel to carry me. And so I think it it really just shows the mind-body connection, the soul connection, like it's separate, but it's all so intertwined and you there's so many different ways to heal and to find what works best for you. But if you're not connected to your body and to where you are, you're just lost. Mm-hmm. It's just so easy in today's society. Mm-hmm. We run, run, run. We go, go, go. We fit in as much as we can. And how often are you stopping just to even notice what needs Feeling through your fingertips. Yes. When you said oh, that, yes. I'm like, I don't even know I'm touching. Like, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the fingertips. You brought that up a few times during our little exercise. <laughs> the fingertips are just so full of nerve endings. Uh, it's really fun in the sensual movement to invite the touch. And we use our hands all day, every mm-hmm. day, right? But we're not really thinking about the sensation. Um, and so to be able to just fully immerse yourself, the phrase I used was live in your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And you can just feel like the wood of the floor versus the mat versus your shirt, your skin, your hair. And it's just such an immersive way to get into that present moment. Um, So I know something that I I do too when I get people out of Shavasana is like use your thumbs to graze across the other fingertips to start like waking up to your body. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a very um, gentle, soothing, and then immersive way to start feeling present in your body too. Yeah. I love that. Working with you. I mean, I can only imagine how incredible it is and people listening are going to want to. So where can they find you and who specifically would be a good fit for you? Yeah. So you can find me on mightymamawellness.com. I also have uh, my course page is mightymamawellness.podia.com. And so that's where all the courses are, all the workshops that are recorded and upcoming uh, and that's where you can also, you know, explore membership options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work with honestly anyone who identifies as a woman, anyone who identifies as a mother, 
Uh, you don't have to have birthed your child. You could have adopted. You could maybe just have that parenting role within a family unit, have children that really look up to you and see you as a role model that you care for and love. Because it, like I said, it takes a village. And so really any woman on that path of planning to be a mother one day, playing that role, uh, anyone who is currently a mom and maybe feeling a little lost as to their identity, their sense of power, feeling stuck, that's who needs to come and get a little ruffled up here. Yes. Uh, and then same with empty nesters, maybe women who finally sent their last child off into the world and they're like, wait, now what? And just having the time and space to reconnect with your own well-being and your own sense of identity um, these are the women I really love working with, just kind of recognizing the change you can make and the power that you have to live your best life. If you're not happy, you can change it. So these are the women that I really, really love working with. And if you're looking for a community too, because we've got the membership and we have those monthly meetings where you can commiserate on things that people can empathize with. Mm -hmm. You can share your your doubts and even things that you're ashamed of because shame thrives in silence. So these communities are so important where we can share, I did this thing I'm ashamed of. I did this thing I feel guilty about so that it could be seen mm -hmm. and lights shined on that shame and it kind of goes ah, like a witch and starts to like shrivel up and die. And so I just love that we can also create that community of, of trusting relationships and where you can ask for support how you need it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we're able to share you with our community. And this has been so amazing. So we will make sure that we link all of that in our blog so that you guys can make sure you can find Cynthia and Mighty Mama Wellness. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Now it's time for our three gold stars. One, seize moments for spontaneous pleasure and play. Things like grabbing that scone with your coffee or putting lotion on with your eyes closed and indulging in the sensation or letting the ch child take the lead if you're a mom or if you're around children, just play with them. Let their imagination take you on a journey. Two, share your shame story with someone. If there's something that you're holding and you feel shame around it, like I said, shame thrives in silence. So if you can speak that out to someone who you trust, someone who will validate your experience and provide support, please, please, please share it. Three, this right now is your permission to play, to relax, to indulge. I'm giving it to you. There it is. <laughs> yes. I love it all. <laughs> love it. All right. Now it's time for Unleashing Ivy, our surprise questions. Are you ready? Ooh, yes. All right, Cynthia, when you're really struggling to get back in touch with your body, what's one thing that steers you in a positive direction? Mm. I will play a song from my playlist of, it's called Dance to Me. And mm. so I've got a playlist where I hear it and it just gets me in the mood, gets me groovy. And so I will go to my office, turn off the lights, put on some salt lamps or candles, and then just dance to whatever shows up. <laughs> I love it. I love that. How do you feel this sensuality and play has impacted your marriage or your relationships? It's helped a lot. Um, before my pole dance work, I was so awkward about everything. <laughs> I would 
demand the lights be off. I'd have to be under the covers. I um, would buy lingerie, but then like wear it and be so giggly and, you know, that nervous laughter. (laughs) And I would just jump under the sheets and be like, okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So since then I am way more in charge of, you know, what I want, what brings me pleasure, what brings me joy. And it's, um, also really helped me, uh, communicate better with my husband, uh, not only in the bedroom, but in our lives. And again, asking for what I need, asking for what I want, and then also planning ahead to dream together of what's possible. That's beautiful. All right. And last question. What's one thing you wish you would have known sooner? Hmm. One thing I wish I would have known sooner that I have this power, that I have the power to create the life of my dreams. Um, cause I thought that there was only one path and I had to be a doctor to do it. And it was a really hard path. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish I knew sooner that this was possible, that I can just follow my heart and trust it. Yes. Oh, and thank God you, you learned that. Yes. Now you're here Yes, and we yes. are so grateful <laughs> That you're here with us. Oh, thank so, you. I'm yeah, so you're glad. you're wonderful to follow, and we've learned so much from you just following you on Instagram and things like that. But to be in your presence, like I want to do these workshops, and I want to, you're just you're just a being. Like you you are radiating light, and I, I feel like you're like the permission you keep talking about. I can feel it when I'm with you. Like own your body and own your space and own your life. And so I'm just so grateful that we met you and that you're here and. So happy to get all of your gold on Ivy Unleashed. I love it. Thank you both for having me. All right. And Cynthia, we always leave our listeners with a piece of gold or a quote that speaks to you. Would you like to share it with our listeners? Yes. Um, this quote comes up a lot in my life. It's from everyone's favorite, Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes courage to say yes to rest and play in a culture where exhaustion is seen as a status symbol. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold. <laughs>